Another day, another dollar. Another one of my favorite episodes. Yes, I'm biased. It's my own podcast. What if it did work? Here I have an amazing guest, Sharon Rydell. Is it Rydell or Rudel? It is Riddle. Oh, (laughs) Sharon Riddle. Over her career, Sharon Riddle has worked in companies, nonprofit organizations, and government agencies. She has provided business solutions in the area of software upgrades and business process analysis and has conducted best business practice research for over 30 years. Sharon began investing in single-family real estate in 2005 with her business partner, Dan. She took a leadership role in managing all facets of the business, including property analysis, acquisition, rehab, and property management and resale of property. Sharon with her business partner, Dan, started the transition to multifamily real estate in 2015 through initial education and investing passively in 18 properties in the amazing states of Texas, Oklahoma, Colorado, Florida, and Ohio, totaling 3,507 units a day. Wow. Congratulations and all that. That Not only is that a mouthful, but that's pretty impressive. It's a lot of real estate. That's a lot of real estate. So what got you into real estate? Well, uh, first of all, back in 2005, uh, Dan uh, thought that, you know, we really needed to have something that was a second stream of income. And at that point in time, he worked for Boeing. And since I was the construction brat of our partnership, uh, he had, you know, he thought, wow, this is something that you can really get involved with, too, and uh, help with this business. And I was really good with contractors. I mean, contractors had come in and out of my childhood home with my dad's construction subcontracting business. So it was it was really not that hard talking to contractors or handymen or really tenants. Uh, I ended up having a a realtor who was my property manager. I thought I could do it better and faster, get the tenants in, get all that done. And uh, and so I did. I, I ended up having to fire this man and. Uh, self-managed. So that's how I ended up getting into self-management of the single family. And uh, then we went to a boot camp and worked with private lenders. So uh, we had uh, people that wanted to come in and they were the bank. And that worked out really well for uh, some acquisition of some more properties. But then in 2015, I had a single family mentor that Gave me a promo code to go to Brad Sumrock's Rat Race to Retirement. And Dan and I thought, wow, this is something that is scalable because we we didn't know how we were going to get to our goals to retire him out of his company through single family investing. So that's uh, history was kind of made that, you know, then for uh, the Riddle family and our companies. And uh, we've been with Brad since 2015, been in his mastermind since 2019, and uh, really meet some fantastic people. You know, I've got some general partners that we've met uh, through him. And uh, we just recently got best and final on on a a property in Irving. So we'll see how that shakes out. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's been uh, quite a journey, quite a journey. Now, I know timing's everything. You said 2005. That was the year of my my oldest, so when she was born. So I, I know the timeline quite well. Real yeah, you know what was going on then. <laughs> yeah, 2005, it seemed pretty, you know, it was at its peak, but then 2008 hit, right? 2008, you saw that credit crunch. Our own personal bank, uh, J.P. Morgan Chase, was not uh, loaning, making any loans for real estate investments. I had to work with some other community banks. But then that's how we ended up having to make that pivot, which was a good pivot, uh, to working with Alan Calgill uh, regarding private lending. And 
it just uh, getting getting those uh, family members and friends. In fact, our first private lender was my late father-in-law. He helped us get into uh, a couple of additional properties that uh, that we got. Uh, one was an REO and and one was a HUD property. Yeah, bless his heart, Charles Riddle. <laughs> he made that happen. So while the whole world was pretty much receding, you were expanding. That's that's pretty we, impressive. We were we were expanding. In fact, I had a uh, a loan officer at a community bank in Denton, Texas, that asked me. He, I had to come into his office. He said, "Hey, what's going on? I see you bringing in these uh, these rent checks. I know you're bringing in those rent checks, but you're not making any loans." You're not having using me as your loan officer making any loans. And I I explained to him what we were doing at that time. And he said, that's that's a good thing. <laughs> not, not only is that an amazing thing, but literally talk about contrarian. Now, what's anybody telling you guys, hey, what are you doing? You're going to lose your shirt just like everybody else. Has. Oh, yeah. We had lots of people saying that. And what we did too, Omar, is we really stuck to our our formula for acquisitions of single family homes. And I saw uh, investors that were really acquiring properties uh, for too high a price. And you know, I got to the point where I would I would meet them at a meetup, and then their phone wasn't operating anymore. Uh, people were they were just losing properties. Uh, it was uh, it was a tough time. If if you really weren't conservative in your underwriting, and you didn't do a pivot to to really be adaptive, and and creative on on the debt side, uh, yeah, you could end up well. You could end up shutting you know shuttering your business. Now, was Dan and were you guys always aligned? Like, hey, we got to do this. We got to do real estate investing. Well, I would say on the real estate side, we were not always, not every day. Are we just perfectly aligned? Because it is it is challenging at times uh, having your spouse as your business partner. But I will tell you that we can really flush out the best decision, the best price, even regarding acquisition and even regarding this this latest offer we made on uh on, on an apartment in Irving, Texas, because I was the one that's like, hey, we gotta we gotta lower this price up. We gotta lower this price up. And we had some other general partners in on that. And they know that I'm just gonna kind of push the envelope for the most conservative uh acquisition price uh, that we can that we can offer. Even with even with uh multifamily. Okay. So during this multifamily you were still on the conservative side. It oh yes, were... conservative in my underwriting. Even as a passive investor, I was looking for uh, for sponsors, general partners who were conservative in their underwriting as well from the 2015 time period uh, to 2023. And if I have uh, some additional funds to invest passively, then. Uh, that's that's what I do still, and we are we're creating another LLC, and our da- our twenty seven year old daughter will be a partner in that uh, in that LLC, and she's she's gone to meetups with us, she's gone to some of Brad's uh, events, we even have a family photo with uh, Robert Kiyosaki there with us. I saw the the photo. Yeah, you saw that. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> I've I've heard him i've read his books all his books but i've never gotten a chance to personally meet him i'm I'm hoping that you know maybe at 10x or one of the upcoming conferences well, this uh, is the this last year was the second time that brad had him at his aimnet con so we got to meet robert again take photos again and got to talk to him again and uh and you need to take that opportunity omar because uh, uh he's not getting younger but he still has those nuggets of wisdom to share oh, with people. Completely. He does. And, and, and the reason that he wrote his Rich Dad, Poor Dad book is so that he could uh, uh, sell the cash flow gang. Because he and his wife, Kim, are so uh, passionate about financial literacy. 
Well, originally the book was self-published and yes, it was, it, it caught fire because, uh, Amway executives, w- one of the higher ups picked up the book, read it and thought it was like an amazing book. And it uh, is an amazing book. Yeah. I and, I, and, and his, some of his other books, Dan and I, uh, are even more passionate about, you know, they just get better every time. Well, you know what? I, I have to tip my hat off to you because uh, my my business partner was my wife. And after 20 years or close to it, it it's tough. I, you know, we're we're divorced. But it's tough to uh, have your business partner be be your spouse as well. So congratulations. Well, thank you. Well, Dan and I have been married 35 years. You know, and uh, he took me to Lake Louise, you know. For our 35th wedding anniversary, which was uh, super cool, but there are, it is challenging at times. You really, um, what I have found over time working with Dan is I really have to be firm, and I really have to also uh, show the numbers. Dan uh, is is a technical. He's a a technical person in in the skill set that he has cultivated over the years, and. Uh, Numbers are certainly his friend. So if you can take it and harness the number or kind of uh, bring it down to the numbers, it really uh, can put us, it really can align us more quickly. And I found that out over the years. Well, the best partnerships is when your strengths are completely different skill sets. Like yes, I, I was into, my ex-wife was great at operations. I, I was great at marketing. And so it was, she was great at paperwork. Uh, I was great at hiring and tra- training and upselling a lot. So that's not, not only when it comes to uh, your spouse being a business partner or, you know, what usually what people want to do is they want to find an exact replica of themselves or they hire people that are similar to them. And it never works out because they they have the same faults you do. You you want to have somebody that can amplify, that brings stuff to the team. Yeah. That you know, I, I just just different different aspects because you know we we all have faults, but you know, good job. That so he's he's the he's the technical guy. While you're he's the, a technical guy, uh, one of the engineers that we have in a partnership. Uh, well, he's an engineer. He walks the properties with me. So we have kind of an interesting dynamic for brokers. And, uh, you know, I I meet a lot of people. I like to talk to a lot of people. Uh, I also have my MBA. So numbers are my friends, too. But I seem to make connections with people more quickly than the other partners that we're working with, including Dan, um, on the multifamily side. So, and I always remember the names, you know, I always remember the names, make that connection quicker, uh, talk to large groups of people, but also talk to people uh, on a smaller scale, like one-to-one, like people, we just went, we went to our mentor's holiday party and there were people, I was just standing in a certain place and there were people talking to me all the time, new people, people that I'd known a long time and, uh, which is, you know, I, I can easily make that connection. And uh, I, I leverage that skill. And it's a skill that uh, other women in my family have had also. Now, so your daughter is involved in the business too. Well, she is a um, consultant with Deloitte in Washington, D.C., but we are starting this uh, separate LLC. We're, we're creating that so that she can passively uh, invest as well. So uh, she can start her own path. And uh, we have uh, got to the point where we're gifting her money. And then she's got she's got her income with Deloitte. So she's of doing course. fine. Yeah. She's got her bonus. Things are going really well. But she's gone to so many meetups with us. She's gone to Brad events. She even was the person, she was the kid that helped me um, hang up directional signs, help me with tax preparation when we were doing single family, when it was just a lot of work. And now Dan, we've shifted over to Dan uh, doing the tax preparation and working with the uh, 
the bookkeeper. So we have a bookkeeper now for our multifamily side. And uh, then I come in with the accountants for a quarterly review. So that's so we've kind of shifted uh, our tasks over time. Well, what I love to hear is um, just people that grow up with that entrepreneurial spirit, like your your daughter. Uh, mm-hmm. My my two daughters, Lauren and Mia, uh, they pretty much have the same bug because what we teach our children is what they learn, and a lot of times people just want their children to learn everything through the education system and through college. Mm-hmm. And you know, to this date, I haven't really learned how to market a business through high school, college, or whatnot. So congratulations. You have, to, you have to learn it on your own. I will say I was fortunate in, and Dan knew this too. I came from an entrepreneurial family. My dad was an entrepreneur. I had two uncles who were entrepreneurs. My dad was in construction. Uh, One of my uncles had an automotive shop. And I had another uncle who was uh, uh, HVAC and plumbing. And then I even had a childhood neighbor who was an entrepreneur. She's the only woman of the collection. She owned the only toy store in Denton for many, many years. But Mrs. Leona Shepard McDaniel had something the other entrepreneurs did not have. She had multiple streams of income because she had the toy store. She owned the property. She even had a residual income from her late husband's partnership with a brother. They had they were independent grocers in Denton. And she also had some real estate holdings because she got a tip from a person in her business fraternity. And she had some investments in Florida and several of the individuals in their fraternity and their their organization ended up buying some tracts of land. Well, those tracts of land ended up becoming what is now Epcot Center. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> no joke. I, I, I can only imagine. Well, the, the story about Disney World, uh, Walt was secretly buying up all of all those portions of land, all the parcels. Mm-hmm. And then the press got a hold of it and then it became harder and harder because people were selling it for a profit. Right. Compared. To, and, and I, I believe he bought, he bought everything out except for like a, a little tract of, of land that till this day, Disney doesn't own. Forgot the name of it, but it, it's in the middle of, of Walt Disney world mm-hmm. surrounded by it. And it was a farmer. He just would never sell it. And to this day, it's not even owned by Disney. I, mm-hmm. A couple of hotels and timeshares are on, on that piece of land. Wow. Well, I will tell you, she was, you know, my neighbor was the only one who had any real estate investing. And I guess in the back of my mind, she planted a seed. Because I ended up becoming a real estate investor. And I kind of drew on some of her uh, on some of her philosophy because she was the person who had the strongest cash flow position of any of the four. My dad, my two uncles, she was the strongest one who had the cash the cash position. <laughs> one of my biggest regrets. Now I, I am a real estate investor, but crowd crowdfunding through Grant Cardone, Cardone Capital, many right. years later. But I, I bought into that misconception that everybody will always tell you, oh, I, what about the broken toilet at, at 2 a.m.? And, you know, j- just just all these what ifs, what ifs, because we never, we the human nature, the human spirit is we always go to why things won't work. And, and I, I actually did read, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad in, in my early 20s, but it was still oh, this real estate will never work. It, it's not for me. It, it, it's only for lucky people. Right, right. Well, I will tell you that, um, you know, I I never had to deal with the toilet. That's why I had my handyman. And that's I sought people out who had those skills, who could do those faster. Now, my brothers and I had a, a lot, uh, you know, having a dad who was in construction subcontracting, there was a lot of home improvement jobs 
that we were free labor on. But I knew that at that point in time, my time was more valuable being used somewhere else. And they could do it faster. They could do it faster. The handyman could do it cheaper than anybody else in my network. And that and that's kind of how we did it. But I will tell you that on one visit to Columbus, Ohio, I literally had one of my brother-in-laws say, I would never, ever deal with tenants and toilets. But when we came to Columbus on business, we had invested in two apartments in Columbus, Ohio. He really did change his tune because now he saw us as a business owner. I guess he thought we had some kind of hobby going on before. We didn't. It was a business. So. Now, can this this is my question. Can anybody do real estate investing, the multifamily route or. Say that one more time, Omar. Oh, no, no. Now, can anybody start? With the multifamily real estate investing, is is this something that myself, the audience, anybody can just save up a little bit of money, put ten percent down, twenty percent down, or or would you would you well, say how that? I, okay? How I would start, and I've had this conversation with several people in another real estate group that we sponsor. Uh, I would start out as a passive investor if you have um, a smaller amount of capital because you can start out at like 50,000, something like that. And uh, you can get started. You can get started in the business like I did as a passive investor to start with and move forward uh, in time to be a general partner as you continue to um, grow your wealth. Because I've had almost half of my portfolio go full cycle. So uh, I've experienced a lot of a lot of gain in that. Uh, typically, Dan and I, the way we think about it is we made our first million in single family and we've made our other millions in multifamily investing. Now, multifamily, you, you, got, you have an open fund, right? We don't have a fund. We, we use the power of syndication. Really? Yeah, that's what we do. I mean, I I do have one investor who uh, we are in his commercial fund, but he has a relationship with a a builder, and that that portfolio from back in 2017 includes uh, AutoZone. It includes Family Dollars, you know, commercial properties that are triple net. So they have long term leases. That's all triple net means. It means they have long term leases. Now, what does it mean, syndication? I, I mean, I, I know it, but. Yeah, yeah. Syndication, it just it just means that you have uh, a collection of people or they or they use their business or they use their trust or they use their uh, 401k for certain custodians and providers. And they come together and they invest in a part in an apartment. You, you have the general partners who invest a certain amount, and then you have a collection of people who believe in the business plan of a property, uh, of the sponsorship team, of the, of the general partnership team, and uh, they invest uh, in that particular uh, apartment, that multifamily asset. So you and Dan, you find an amazing apartment complex let's mm-hmm. say in texas you guys put a, put an offer so that's when you start looking for other investors family friends people that have invested in the past and go hey for fifty thousand hundred thousand dollars you can be a part owner of this apartment complex yep well i do have an investor database i mean i've been in brad's group a long time and I also have some people that I am re- reconnecting with uh, through uh, a single family real estate club in Fort Worth, Texas. So uh, I have investors, you know, that I've known. And uh, only I will say only my father-in-law was the was the investor. He he really understood the power of private lending. And, uh, you know, it's mostly a lot of people that we're in the same group with, or I'm in another meetup with, 
Very interestingly, uh, I've run across more and more individuals that are in oil and gas, and they see the uh, the power of having more than one stream of income. Well, Warren Buffett always says you have to have multiple streams of income. You do have to have multiple streams, and he is right. <laughs> and I I would recommend to anybody to, to diversify. And now I'm I'm at one point I was one hundred percent stocks I, I used to be a financial advisor and mm-hmm. then years like 2008 hit and your your portfolio takes a hit and especially if you're you're older you can't be drawing much income when your portfolio is down 40 to 50 percent compared right. to real estate where especially in the apartment complex it, it's like a funeral home there's always going to be business there's always going to be demand even when the economy's soft, it's not like somebody's going to be like, well, you know what? We're shopping around. Uh, we plan on living in in my my family's garage or, you know, we'll just be sleeping in the car for a couple of months until we we finally decide which apartment to choose. You got to live, you got to live somewhere. And uh, apartment, an apartment is kind of the, the base. That's where a lot of people start. I mean, uh, when I was in graduate school, I was getting my MBA. I mean, I was in an apartment. A lot of people uh, are in an apartment at different stages of their lives, and uh, you know, there's there's certainly nothing wrong with that. That's 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 where you live at that time. And some individuals are longer term tenants, and that is that is their community. And what I will say with uh, apartment investors and in the multifamily, you know, people in the multifamily space uh, who are really committed to using a business plan to uh, improve the asset. They're really making it a community for people. They're making it safe, secure uh, for people to live in. And that's what Dan and I are all about, too. Now, do you guys pretty much just invest in Class A, or is there some? No, we, you know, we've lately we've been in investing in more and some more Bs. But you know, I started out uh, in the C class space, so there were there were properties that uh, I could I could see some some potential in, and uh, people who had some really great cross skills that they brought over into multifamily, you know, some engineers, some bankers, and some dentists. I mean, I've had a lot of people who have a lot of uh, different professions before multifamily who who have used those skill sets and brought on other people, you know, to strengthen the, the whole line of skills to make properties work. Now, you and Dan, when you guys invest in, in a classy apartment complex a, a class, class c or a class b class b well i'm, I'm just, I, I know you said that but do you buy that in the hopes of turning it into a, a b or maybe a little higher with with tenant improvements with the upgrades by adding uh, it, it it depends on it depends on the property and it depends on uh the tenant base because some some are going to stay kind of in the solid b space you know some uh, could move their way up to like B plus, and then some of the some of the C's, you know, they could, you know, move up into the B space, but you know, like a B minus something like that, you know, they could, you know, there's some there's some upward trajectory, and that's typically what multifamily investors do because they're improving the property. There is some upward trajectory in the valuation of the asset. Now. You guys are just strictly buy and hold. You you find a property, you find an apartment complex, you buy it, you you fix it up, ten, improvements for the, for the tenant, whatnot. Uh, keep keep the tenants happy, have them pay rent. Everybody's happier. the The investors are happy. So there's there's no buy and let's three years from now, four years from now, let let's let's sell it sell out the property. Right. No, I, I'm pretty much, I, I run, I, I run to a business plan and it's, it's not a flip. You know, I've never, I've never, uh, I've never really been a flipper. I know that there's certain people in single family that are wholesalers and, and some have made that happen and moved 
moved over into the multifamily space. But kind of a buy and hold strategy is, has always been uh, my sweet spot. Okay. It's something I've, I've been meaning to ask you because sure. it, it, it's all over your your bio. It's it, it's all over what you guys learned from investing 100000 to 225000 a year. Now, when you guys started investing $100,000 a year, were, were you guys like literally saving to invest all that money or? Well, we, I will say we were, we were fortunate because um, as some of our single family properties sold, we re- redeployed those over into multifamily and we, we had a, uh, we had another company we set up. So we actually do have more than one company. And we were also able to utilize some uh, 401k money initially for single family, redeploy it. Then later on did have an inheritance. But by that time, we were already uh, investing in multifamily and redeploying uh, assets and and uh, gaining, uh, you know, creating wealth and uh, on on the uh, on the increase regarding uh, our generational wealth that we were creating. But that's, we did have some, and I would recommend that some, that many people, you know, take a look at what they can invest and how they, where they want to start out, because that's always a strategy. You know, how, how are you going to make that happen? You need to move from a dream to action. That's the strategy. You know, if it's, if you don't take action, it's only a dream, but if you take action, it's a strategy. But the one thing that that these dreams and these actions take, which a lot of people, you know, a lot of people are, are wishers because mm-hmm. what you're saying and, and a lot of it is common sense. But, oh, my gosh, are, are you telling me I'm going to have to cut back? I don't I, I can't go out eating every every day. I can't go blow money endlessly foolishly now now i'm not a dave ramsey person regarding those kinds oh of no no i'm not saying i'm not not saying that either. No. but, but i would say yeah. yeah okay omer i i would say that you know you do have to determine what you can do and the timing of of when you can do it if you need to uh redeploy or put some money aside for that then you have to make that decision then you implement your strategy. But, you know, it's not about it's not about uh, a draconian lifestyle. It's no, just, no, you know, I, I no not a draconian lifestyle. It, it's about just understanding uh, the road you want to take, the journey you want to take and how you want to grow your wealth. Because uh, my daughter graduated from college debt free. And I know a lot of people want that for their children. And some people, you know, are are generous relatives and they do that for other relatives in their family. I know some people and I'm proud to to be their friend and know them uh through uh Brad Sumrock's organizations. Now, would you say he's he's you and Dan's biggest influence? I would say that he uh, he was a really strong influence. I've had exceptional mentors through Russ Whitney organization back in 2005. I had Alan Calgill, you know, private lending. I've had local meetup uh, leaders, but I will say that Brad Sumrock did really move the needle for us. He really did move. And he continues to move the needle for us uh, in his mastermind program. Well, the one thing that I always tell people is the best investment is to invest in yourself through it really is I coaches, agree. mentors, programs, and, and yeah, yeah. By all disclosure, when, when I, I I don't say I, I'm not the millionaire next door that says buy a ten year old car, mm-hmm. dress, go to pay less, but but there's still some financial responsibility. Create more income. Mm-hmm. Which is easier said than done, and then use that money to uh, to invest in in assets that pay a dividend. Real estate being one of them. 
Well, Omar, I will say uh, many of my neighbors would probably be very surprised at really what goes on in our home office <laughs> here. And, uh, you know, because I live, I do live a, a modest lifestyle. I mean, I do some travel with my mastermind uh, crew, my tribe. And then Dan and I have taken some really exceptional trips. And I will be visiting my daughter for the entire week of Christmas in Washington, D.C. And and I can do that. You know, I can I can afford to do that and spend time with her. And she's I love her. And I can I can do those kinds of things. And multifamily investing has been a, a huge part of that. A major part of it. Yeah. Because it's it's like what Warren Buffett says, either have passive income or just work till you drop dead. Well, that's yeah. not the exact, but you know, it's it's the gist is is that is that you do have that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. choose the choices you made have given you greater choices it has it's given it's given me freedom it's, it has given me a, a lot of freedom well freedom's the the number one thing people actually just say well we want more money but the name of the game should be freedom i want freedom so i can choose if i want to go work for someone i can choose if I want to sleep in, I can choose. That's all freedom. A, a lot of people think if you make a million dollars, but you spend a million dollars a year, then you actually still have no freedom. You, you you don't have freedom. In fact, the things that you spend money on actually starts owning you because you're a slave to, oh my gosh, I, I need to make more so I can buy more. Right, right. It's, it's all about, uh, you know, consumerism and buying but you know if you if you have a different goal like uh i mean our why we wanted our daughter to have no student loan debt we wanted to have some financial freedom and we also wanted to help create multi-generational wealth and so those are things that we uh we are on well part of those have been accomplished and we're still on the journey and on the track uh to do those things well, you, Dan, your family, you created strong enough wise. Wouldn't you say the first thing before you do anything, invest in any anything or to get a job or whatnot, you have to know why. You why, do have why? to know your why. I agree. You do have to know your why. And you had a, a huge why because, I mean, I, I graduated in college in 1995. Out of state tuition was my my mom worked two jobs, but some of the prices of colleges these days. My my oldest is a senior. Is if you don't have that supplemental income, it it, it hasn't gone up based on inflation. College these days fifty seventy eighty thousand dollars a year with with someone graduating with debt that they're going to carry around for ten twenty thirty plus years. Yeah, it's um it's really daunting in a lot of ways. I mean, because Dan and I, we graduated with our first degree in 81. State tuition was so cheap. I ended up getting, you know, it really was. And Dan got his MBA uh at a different time period that I did, but I got mine in 1994, two years before my daughter was born. And still it was and it was a private university, but it was I mean, I really received the ROI on that with the MBA. But, you know, it's now it's just so, so daunting. And for my daughter to come out with no debt, it's just like a relief for the family. You know, you know, you're on that path. You don't have to you don't have to worry about that. And she had five unpaid internships. You know, going through that, I had to pay for, uh, co- you know, we had to pay for some lodging and food for her in D.C. and New York City. And so, but she came out, she landed a job right away, right away. And one of the biggest firms when it comes to business. Yeah, consulting. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, she had she had a friend who was on one of those unpaid internships with her. And Nora had started out with a with a different firm. But I mean, they still they were friends and they talked quite a bit in two different locations. Uh, Madison was in uh, Nashville and Nora's up in D.C. And Madison said, hey, uh, I could refer you. You know, you've got solid skill set. Why why don't you take a look at uh, Deloitte? And it fast tracked her to to get on with Deloitte. So. Now, you know, always take good care of your friends, especially on those internships. Always. Now, here's here's something I've, I've been meaning to ask you. Friends and neighbors. Yes. Did they want to jump in on the bandwagon? Were, were they like, oh, my gosh. Were they like, Sharon and Dan are like killing it. How do how do we get involved in this? I have a neighbor who did. Yeah, she's a nurse. She had a rental property. And she was one of my private lenders. So it's not all the neighbors and only the special neighbors. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she, she's she's waiting for uh, us to get in our uh, our apartment so she can be uh, one of my my uh, uh, one of my investors. She just lives on the block. But she she already knows she already knows what we can deliver. Of course, you guys have been delivering on a consistent basis for a while. Right. So mm-hmm. It's a no-brainer to me. Yep. But so, not not every not everybody is on board. You know, some families have more family members that come on board than others. You know, it's a you know, it's a lot of variation out there. I, I do have some investor friends who a lot of their family came on board, you know, the first uh multifamily investment that they had, you know as a general partner. And we just, you know, our families have seen what we're doing, but they're, they're still, I don't know. I guess they're still in a place of fear. That's all I can say. So fear, fear drives them. Well, fear, fear, fear drives them. I think fear, fear drives their lives. So then there, there's people out there that are like family members that are like, you know what? It's going to end any day now for, for Dan and Sharon, they're they're doing all this risky stuff. They're investing in real estate. You know, they're just lucky. I I think I think their luck's going to run out one of these days. Well, I will tell you. I think there's certain family members that don't even want to to don't even want to talk about it because we we take these trips. You know, we do these things. We're in this mastermind. We we meet people all the time, and they want to just kind of. I think they're at the point where they kind of want to shut us out because they don't want to think that there's a possibility that that was successful. Well, that's scarcity mindset. It is. You and I have that abundant mindset. If I saw my neighbor, if I saw my cousin, if I saw anybody thriving, one, I'd be happy for them. But two, I'd be like, I'd try to model their behavior. I'd be like, right. I'll buy you dinner. I'll buy you a cup of coffee. Please just tell me, how can I jump on this? Interestingly enough, Omar, I think when I go, when Dan and I go to Washington, D.C., and we're going to be there with my daughter, her boyfriend, uh, some of their friends, I think that there could be more opportunity there than with our with our families except for our daughter you know i just i because i think that the i think that many of their friends have a, a, an abundance mindset and mindset is everything well like energy attracts other energy your your daughter's always had that entrepreneurial spirit she has she was raised in it she helped you with the directional signs. She knows all the work that you and her dad put in. Mm-hmm. In fact, she's helping other businesses by working for Deloitte. It's a business advisor. How do we help these corporations? How do we help these companies mm-hmm. make more money? She does. And I will tell you that I talked to her before I came on the show and I'm like, okay, well, I can talk to you more later, but we're going to have to cut this off because I need to be ready 
for Omar Madrado's podcast. What if it did work? She loves that title. She does love that title. Well, the, the title was, and people to this day, they think it's it's hokey. Like people that I know, there's people that tell, that grew up with me or my friends that they're like, well, I'll never read your book. I'm like, okay, well, to me, that's that scarcity mindset. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's what you're living. You're, you're not asking better questions. You're not saying, let me go do this because what if it did work? It's like your family members that are like, I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. There's no way that's what what am I going to do? Am I going to lose all my money? There's, there's so many reasons why I'm not going to do that, but that's the way people live. And and that's unfortunately a lot of people live like that. A lot of people live scared and with fear. And then one day it hits them. They, they have this regret because I, they're too old. You know, tomorrow is never guaranteed. But if God and the universe gives us all these tomorrows, we get, I, I mean, I, I wasn't thinking I was going to be 50. And here I am. I'm Just the other day, I, I felt like I was sleeping through high school at 18. Yeah, well, I will say you can't live life like you're on autopilot. You can't go through it because that you're not going to get the breakthroughs if you are only in the place of the familiar. Well, you guys grew. Think about it. You always went past that comfort. You, you and Dan could have been like, okay, we've got these single homes. We've got enough. You know, we, we can live comfortably for the rest of our lives. Our daughter can too. But no, you you believed in yourself. Mm-hmm. And you're like, let's do this at a bigger and a grander scale. You guys expanded your vision and you were like, why not apartment complexes? Because you, most people's mindset that you have to have a, a big mindset. You have to expand your vision to say, one day I'm going to own one apartment complex, much less. I don't care if it's A, B, C. You know, that that's that's huge. I mean, growing up, you never thought you would own multiple apartment complexes. I never thought that. But I will tell you that in in uh, Brad's community, Brad Sumrock, with Brad himself, his staff, community, and the mastermind tribe, they're not finished with us yet. It's kind of like being refined all the time because you got you got to report out. You got to let them know what you're doing. And when you're in a collection of people who really want you to succeed and and love that for you then you're going to you're going to bring your best self forward every time you're you're going to do that because they're going to send you a message on Instagram or Facebook or text you or you know they're going to hold you accountable uh and anything less than your best will not be acceptable for them either. But those are the right rooms. Those are the right rooms. They're those, definitely, those are the rooms. And I knew those were the right rooms. I've known that every time uh, I have uh, really come to the next level. Well, because so many people have this ego trip. They don't want to be in a room full of successful people. They want to be the big fish in a small pond. And it's like, uh-huh. that's not how you grow. You You have to... Check in and for starters, people that are living in abundance, people that are successful, just want to see other people succeed. They, they want to help. They're not going to be like, oh, I'm Sharon and Dan, what are you guys doing in here? That that's the furthest thing. But a lot of times people have had the opposite. Well, they're not going to want to help me. Or I'm sure you you've heard this. Oh, these mentors or these business coaches and whatnot. Oh, what? Why are you guys investing in these programs? The only people that make money or do anything with it is the actual coach that's selling these or showing these products. Oh yeah. I've I've heard I've heard those things before. But you know, we've just we've been doing some of that for so long and really been serious about investing in our education. I know what that produces. You know, I know the I know the harvest that that brings. And I know that there are people 
that I can contact regarding any business situation that we've got going on the table uh, and get advice from them. Very technical advice, you know, not just general advice, very specific advice. And they will take, they will drop what they're doing and, uh, and, and give feedback. Well, your results show it. Yes. You, you, you guys are a firm believer in, in investing in yourselves, investing in programs to expand, to grow, because either we're not static, either we're growing or we're dying mm-hmm. and you guys choose to grow. We do. We're, we're always, we're always growing. And now, you know, working with my stage broker, which helped me come to you. And then my marketing company, I, I get the opportunity to work with uh, the person who founded his own company that I want to work with. I got, I was able to grow my business to the point I can work with the people I want to. And that brings me joy. Well, that brings you, that shows you freedom. Yes. You said it best. I choose. I choose. Never once did you say I need to or I have to because you have freedom. And it, it takes freedom to be on a, a podcast in the middle of the morning, in the middle of the day. But most people, if you don't have that freedom, you can't tell your boss, hey, guess what? I, I just need like an hour and 10 minutes. So, because I'm going to be on someone's podcast, mm-hmm. they're going to no. be like, no, they wouldn't buy into that one for sure. Definitely not. You could be, you could even say, I'm promoting your company. And they're going to be like, you need an hour to do that. Uh, maybe it's time for either you do a drug test or maybe it's time you find another profession. Mm-hmm. Or another career somewhere else. Yeah. So we we were able to uh, have our little schedule, you and I, and we both of us have that freedom. Both of us have that freedom. Well, everybody has that. We all have choices, but people choose to be locked up. People choose not to be great. People choose to have the crumbs, and it's it's all what you said. You said it best. It's mindset. We all have choices. What is it? Yeah, today is a Monday. So many people are right now posting on social media that they're hating today. It's like, well, you're hating today because you're hating your life. You're not doing what you're meant to be doing. You're you're stuck because you choose to be stuck. Yeah. Well, uh, guess what I posted on social media? I posted I was going to be able to be on a podcast with you today. <laughs> now you're going to make me blush. You see, I, I, I was honored. You know, and, and but that's having a great relationship because I I am a a past graduate of of ten X stages with with okay. Pete Parkes and and right. Grant Cardone. It, it works. So, and, and for for the referrals and all that, that that must mean I'm doing something right with the show. That yeah. that's such an amazing organization, and just me having the opportunity of talking to you. I get to. And that's just an amazing thing because within this hour, I'm learning more about you. I'm learning more about investing. You know, we have a choice. You can either listen to podcasts, but people choose to rather listen to Howard Stern, Sirius Mm -hmm. XM. And then they're wondering why their lives haven't gotten any better. It's because you choose not to grow. That's true. I'm very, I'm very selective about what I listen to and what I watch. But then again, I'm in my mindfulness state, you know, got to always really grow that mindset. Well, here's my question to you. Ultimately, your, your company, are you guys looking to expand? You want more investors or you just want to spread the word, get off your butt and become financially free? Well, uh, it's kind of both, you know, get off your butt and be financially free like me. And also I want more investors. I always want more investors. I've got my investor database. I love to talk to people, you know, and uh, give them my, give them my money for life call. I love that. With your investors, do they have to be accredited? Uh, No, they can be sophisticated. You know, you can be accredited or sophisticated. 
you know, Dan and I, Dan and I are accredited, but not everybody is accredited. And I will say not everybody is accredited yet. 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 Because you want to be able to grow into that because, you you know, you can. If you start, you can grow into that. We can all do great things, but you have to start. You have to start. So, Sharon, how do people find you? How do people find the company? Because by the time this hits, it's going to be a new year. And everybody says new year, new me. Mm-hmm. Well, enough of the talking. Let's start acting. Let's start doing. And how do they find you so they can invest their money so they can change not only their life, but generations to come? Right. Their legacy. They can come to my website. Makes my marketing people happy too. And my website is www.excalibur and you spell it E X C A L I B R E Texas.com. So www.excalibertexas.com. So I'm assuming you guys are big into Guinevere and King Arthur. Well, Dan Riddle is, you know, that harkens back to him. He's he's into the, the sword and the stone. So for this company, and we've had multiple companies, but for this company, uh, I indulged him on that. That's awesome. You see that now that's a partner. Mm-hmm. Rock. I have I have uh, I have uh, uh, chosen names for other companies where we've done passive investing in in the past. OK, well, give and take. Sharon, here's my final question for you. Sure. And this goes to all those people that are still on the sidelines. They're still afraid of taking action. They're afraid of investing. They're afraid of doing real estate investing. They're afraid of doing anything to change their lives to make a better life. Mm-hmm. What words of wisdom do you have for that person? I would say really push your fear aside and check some things out. You know, you always need to work with vetted general partners. Come to my website and we can have that money for live call. That can get you started, at least taking a look at what investing could look like specifically for you. Exactly. At the Excalibur Investments of Texas, you Mm -hmm. can't go wrong. Either you're growing and you're dying, and let's start growing your assets. Let's start growing your portfolio so that you can have the freedom, just like Sharon, to choose whatever the heck you want to do. The choice is yours. What are you going to do, right? It is. And we are all about financial freedom because it just brings so many wonderful things. It just really does. And and things, you know, things are not just things you physically buy. They are experiences that you have and you share with loved ones. Well, the experiences that you have, that is priceless. That, 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 the trips, the trips that I've, I've taken with my daughters are what, and the experiences are way worth it compared to whatever material item, whatever car, whatever depreciating asset I can never buy from. Right. Well, I will say depreciating assets are pretty good though, too, because I love my bonus depreciation on multifamily because I still have my tax, my tax goals too. And that's why I have my, I have the CPAs that I chose to work with. Well, they help I, me at that goal. You know what? Great, great minds think alike, like-minded people. We, have, we both have positive energy. We both are in the service mindset. I got to say, thank you, Sharon, for being in service. Thank you for wanting to help out others because you do want to see families. You want to see people have generational income, which is an awesome thing. And also, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and may 2024 be the year you and Dan 20 exit and just hit every goal you you have and have an amazing time in dc it's going to be super cold and wet i'm sure but you're going to be with family your daughter and and her boyfriend and friends 
So that experience is going to be amazing. Thank you for being on my show. I really mean it. Well, Omar, thank you for this opportunity. I really appreciate it. All right. Merry Christmas to you. Have a great time with your family. Thank you. I will. I will. What if you did work? What if you took action and made it happen and started living inside of your purpose? What if you did work? Right now you can make the choice to never listen to that negative voice no more. The hardest prison to escape is our own mind. I was trapped inside that prison all for a long time. To make it happen, you gotta take action. Just imagine what if it did work.